Welcome to the Teacher As Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Milner, a teacher who is painfully curious and very easily inspired. This podcast is ever-changing, and I hope with each season, you find episodes that speak to you in your work as an educator. This is the fourth season of the Teacher As, and it's exciting to see the growth in how many educators are listening. Episodes are released every other week. If you enjoy the Teacher As, please rate it on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It helps the podcast reach more educators. Thanks for listening. I decided to kick off this new season with an old passion of mine, acting. The teacher as actor conjures up the concept of the sage on the stage, the teacher in front of the classroom doing all the talking. This age-old impression of the teacher as actor is not one of the parallels I want to explore. There are so many ways in which teachers are similar to actors. Planning and preparation staying in the moment, vocal qualities to keep an audience's attention are just a few. I'm creating a blog post series on the Teacher As website about the teacher's actor, as well as dedicating at least two podcast episodes to the topic. In this episode, I talked to Jane Cox about her ideas of the teacher as actor. Jane is a professor, actress, and director. I feel lucky that I found her while I was researching the teacher as actor. I hope you enjoy. Melissa. Uh, my name is Jane, Jane Cox. And for many years, I taught at Iowa State University, many, many years. And while I was there, I did a variety of things in terms of the theater. I was a, a, a costume designer at one point and then went into acting and directing and uh, eventually became the head of the theater program. And I'm retired now, recently retired. And so now, Love, loving teaching the way I do. I am teaching uh, continuing education for seniors, which the program qualifies a senior as anyone over 55. Uh, so I'm having a really, really good time doing that, teaching things I didn't have a chance to teach before. So I really love teaching, really love theater, and I've been involved with both all of my adult life. That's amazing. I just I just have to point out, according to that definition of senior, I will be a senior in two years. So that's horrifying. <laughs> I know. I think a lot of people think <laughs> that, that 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 definition of senior is a little aggressive, <laughs> shall we say, but that, that's how it's defined. I'm sorry, did you mention what you're, are you teaching theater for the senior citizens? Well, actually, I am not teaching, I've taught a course on musical theater. I get to choose what I want to teach, which is great. And so I taught a course on musical theater. I taught courses on uh, George Gershwin and Irving Berlin and Cole Porter. I've taught courses on the history of the campus. Uh, and the next one that I'm going to do is about Iowa, the state that Iowa State University is in, obviously, and its contribution to World War I and World War II. You seem to just be very energetic, enthusiastic about teaching anything. <laughs> this is true. I think I think I am. I I love to teach. I love to learn. And I always think you have to learn a lot in order to be able to teach because uh, you don't know it very well until you teach it and or up that process of getting up to where you teach it. So I, 
and they always say that teachers love to learn and they love to teach, but the balance of that is different for each teacher. But I think I love both equally. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. So the reason that I reached out to you was that I saw your video about the teacher's actor when I was researching doing an episode about the teacher's actor. So I just would, I, I'm going to kind of just let you go. Um, what are some of the qualities from theater and stage acting and any kind of acting that can help a teacher in the classroom? Oh, there are so many, as you know, Melissa. And as we were talking earlier, we've both done acting. We've both been involved with the theater a lot. But I think the theater is a really good training ground for making a good teacher. And I think as time has gone by, it's gotten harder and harder and harder to keep attention in the classroom and with all the other electronic devices that that students have, whether they're kids or whether they're adults. And so I think it is very, very helpful in order to study acting. And I think a lot about uh, Aristotle's elements of theater because he listed six elements in order of importance. And in a way, even though that was directed towards theater, in a way that's also true of teaching. So he he talked about the first one, and Tim, the most important one was plot. And that without a good plot, uh, theater is not going to exist. I always used to say to classes, fantastic actors can lift a bad script up a little bit, but they can't take it all the way to brilliant. You (laughs) You have to have a good script. It's so funny when you say that because, you know, I go to see a movie because maybe I like an actor and then, you know, it's not getting great reviews, but I love that actor. And at least I can enjoy that actor's performance in a really bad movie. That is very true. Even the best actor in the world can't make a bad script brilliant to to the point where you walk out of the theater or the movie thinking that was a terrific, terrific show. So I think it's kind of the same way in terms of in when you're in front of a classroom, because I think you have to think about the plot in terms of the beginning and the middle and the end. And how am I going to start and try to get an audience's attention, or in this case, a student's attention? How am I going to develop that attention? And how am I going to conclude at the end in a way that encapsulates what this the journey of this class has been or this uh, this trip through learning something new so i i think that ele- that idea of a plot is very very important and we've all we've all heard of teachers <laughs> but you have to who say well i'm just going to go in and wing it today and that is i don't know anybody who does that well as far as maximizing the time you have in the classroom, being prepared is is absolutely number one. Right. I don't mean that you want it to be formal or stiff or anything like that. And so, uh, and sometimes somebody asks a question and that takes you in a different direction and you should be up for that in my view. Uh, but I think it's a good idea to have some sort of plan from which the improv part of it will develop. 
And then you can adjust as you go along. That makes sense. Aristotle also talked about, this was not the second one, but he talked about diction, which in his definition meant word choices and how word choices are used. He talked about music. That can also apply to a teacher. So diction, the word choices that you have. I think we've all all said things and you think to yourself later, as I will do when this is over, Melissa, it would have been better if I said it this way. (laughs) (laughs) So um, diction and the choices of words and how you express yourself. And that's something that is is tied to playwriting and is also tied to uh, good teaching, I think. And the music part of it, Of course, in Greek theater, there was a lot of music, but uh, more and more people are looking on the music as the kind of um, vocal qualities that you have. So I I know we've all been in classes and on occasion have even taught classes where where our voice just goes along at one steady level all the way through. And that that is really difficult to stay awake through if you're a student. Bueller. Bueller. Yes. Yeah, that's a great movie for a teacher and students too. I always remember I had a history of art class in uh, during the winter when I was a student. And it started at one o'clock right after lunch. And we would come in and we would sit down and we would take off our coats And the professor would start to talk and there was nothing in her voice, but the same monotone level all the way through and the same speed and the same tempo. And so I read someplace not too long ago that the Irish dialect is supposed to be the one that most people love the most, listening to dialect or accents from a variety of countries. And I think the reason for that is that it, it has so much melody in it. It is so such a variety of pitches you go along. And yeah. so I had a director one time that used to have us take a, a, one long sentence that we had from the play we were working on. And he would have us start that sentence at the lowest pitch we could vocally reach, not singing, but just speaking, and then take that up to the highest level that we would we could reach. And he did that not to indicate to us that that was the way we were supposed to say the line, but to try to get a little bit more vocal variety in what it was that we were saying. I definitely do it more when I'm doing a read aloud. Like that's when I'm doing my most actful self is when I'm reading aloud to students and I'm doing different voices and different pitch and I need to be more aware if I'm doing that when I'm teaching something regular. I assume I am. And my face is so animated. Forget about it. So (laughs) I can't even control what my face does. So it's interesting to think about that when you're teaching, the pitch of your voice can really captivate and keep us, you know, a, a class's attention. Well, Melissa, I, I saw you briefly and I listened to you and I think you're doing fine in that department. <laughs> I bet you're a great teacher and I bet uh, your students just love it, love it when you read aloud. They, they think I'm funny. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good step forward. <laughs> 
All right. So just to, just to, I know you're not even done yet, but you've got plot, diction, and the, the diction, it's interesting that you say it's word choice because I hear diction and I think it means to be very succinct with the words, but diction is also the word choice. I think that's interesting. And then the pitch of your voice. Yeah. Aristotle's definition is not what we usually think of as diction. That That is true. He did not mean that we put the G's and T's and on the ends of words. He yeah. Didn't. He didn't mean that. And the last one he talked about was spectacle. So uh, spectacle is what we see. And certainly students today, I think, really, really love spectacle. They're used to seeing spectacle. They're used to seeing colorful, exciting things. Aristotle would say that spectacle is important, but it's the least important. You have to have all the other things. Or spectacle eventually gets kind of dull. If we go to a circus, so the circus as people used to have, that's all spectacle. That's all spectacle. What we what we see. There's some. There's music, of course, but it's mostly spectacle. And Aristotle would say that's that's the least important. Now I left out two of the six, but those are those are six that I think are are four rather. I think are really important in terms of teaching and being able to, or hopefully be able to keep a student at class's interest. Yeah. So spectacle in a classroom, are you talking about having visual aids? Like we have smart board slides. We show a video here and there, especially social studies, science, that kind of spectacle. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Okay. Yep. All those, all those things. If, if you, if you, when you're reading to your students, and I, I bet you do this. If you put on a funny hat or you um, put on some kind of costume or anything like that, that's that that fits into the category of spectacle. So, OK, I do not. Actually, I use my voice and my face. I don't I, I actually use my body, but I, I, I've never even thought of bringing actual costume. That's actually giving me some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> my, my sister was principal of an elementary school um, just outside of Chicago. And once a year at Halloween, she would wear a costume. She always wore the same costume. It was a cat in a hat costume. Yes. And the, the students always loved, 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 loved to see her in that. But, but it's, not, it's not only costumes or things like that. All the things that you mentioned are certainly spectacle. Mm-hmm. Are there other things that you tend to to talk about when you talk about the teacher as actor, other than just Aristotle's point? Well, I think that that both of them are trying to do similar kinds of things. They're trying to keep the attention of the audience and the interest of the audience in order to um, get across what they what they are choosing to get across. One of Aristotle's uh, uh, elements of theater is concept or what is the thought? What is it that you're trying to say or trying to get your s- students or your audience to think about? So both both um, um, actors and, and students, um, they're hard to keep engaged for a long period of time. 
my sister started out as an elementary school teacher. And she said the first day of class, she went with, with what she thought was probably four hours of material. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what happened, right, Melissa? She got oh, yeah. through it in 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you have to do like triple the amount. I know. Yes, yes. But the ways that, <laughs> uh, that actors go about uh, keeping audience attention and for example, if, if you're on stage and you have a very important line that the audience needs to understand and take with them, the strongest position for you to be in when you say that line is downstage or close to the audience center. And so when directors are blocking, for example, and there's, there's really an important line they don't want the audience to miss, that is most likely where they will have the actor stand. And so even when you're teaching and when there's something very important and getting close, close to them in the middle. <laughs> yeah. I find that volume, I actually, it's proximity getting close and then it's bringing the volume down and they all lean in. Yes. That's when I feel, that's when I feel the theater in the classroom. Big Yes. Time. Yes. That is, and that's the, the reverse of what people expect. And so that, that great, great. That's right out of the theater too. Singers do that sometimes. I've heard, I've heard singers talk about uh, if they want, they're in a club and singing and it's very, very noisy and you can't sing over the noise that sometimes, not always, but sometimes if you bring the volume way down, the audience will listen more than ever. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I, I, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, great. I, I get this, but what about, you know, there are teachers out there that don't feel that they can be dramatic, but everything you've mentioned is not over the top. It's very much, oh, once in a while, I need to make sure that I change the pitch of my voice. Like that's not something that you have to be this huge, you know, actress to do and uh, making sure you have plot, you know, that beginning, middle and end of your lessons and and word choices and, and the spectacle. Th those are all things that any teacher can do. But being aware of that, and, you know, incorporating it more, I think, is is could could make for very powerful teaching. And teachers might see a huge difference in the attention of their students. I think so. I think a lot, of, a lot of time when we hear the word drama, it's associated with drama queen or there's a lot of drama in here. And actually, I, I absolutely agree with you that that is not... Um, People, people are often apprehensive about being too theatrical or too dramatic, but you don't have to go into that cliche about what a, what drama is. An actor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> In order to bring some theater concepts and, and acting concepts into the classroom. Does this come into how you help students? feel comfortable getting up in front of the room when you're speaking confidently with the pitch and, and so on, you're modeling 
how they can come up and be an actor. That's really an excellent point. That really is. We all do what we see other people do, people we admire. I read somewhere that there is a there uh, is the idea that some people have that each one of us is a well, we're not really unique. It's all the little things put together in maybe a unique package, but lots of little things that we've copied from other people. And we've put that together in maybe a unique way. I think of when I was in elementary school, I loved the way a particular teacher of mine made her capital letters Rotor capital letters. And I still make them that way today. <laughs> and, and so I absolutely agree with you that, that if students see the teacher being confident, being interesting, they'll do the same. Yeah, it's it's almost like they can inspire the students to get up and give that book buzz or whatever. Um, we do um, podcasting. So, you know, I have two podcasts and I podcast, we podcast the fourth grade um, as well. Um, And it's very interesting when they like record themselves and then listen. That's another teacher, I think. That's where they, you know, it's the same as me saying this is what it should sound like, but they're recording themselves and then they're listening and going, oh, I can do that better. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Elementary school teachers are doing such important work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 the first line of, of of offense there in the trenches, I guess. Right. <laughs> going off World War One. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and this leads into teacher as director because you know, sometimes if I've got something like I really want to set something up, I'll play a little music, you know, I'll set the scene. It's very directory too. But I'm going to, that'll be another episode. Because <laughs> I've directed, I've, you know, directed school plays and stuff. And, and it, it it's really, it's really interesting seeing the kids like, let's put on a show. It's just, it changes the teamwork element. And it, 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 it gives confidence to kids. Like kids didn't want to do it. And all of a sudden they're like, wait, can I have a line? Like they see it, they see people doing it and now they want to do it. It's, it's just that modeling. It's so exciting. Yes. Yeah. That is, that is absolutely true. So it, you, you're doing, you're doing great work and I can tell you're really interested in teaching and, you know, I think you're, I think you're doing great stuff. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. The kids are amazing. Are there any other pieces before I ask you the next kind of bit of questioning? Um, Because we're almost done already, believe it or not. Um, Any other things about teaching that are related to acting or the theater? Um, Well, I I think the thought that you expressed earlier about uh, getting the students to model a confident behavior. I know that in the Guinness Book of of Records, uh, there was a a statement at one time, there were a list of the things that people were most afraid of. And there were two things right at the top that went (laughs) back and forth. And one was dismemberment. You you lose your limbs or, or, and the other one was getting up in front of people and talking. And I thought to myself, yeah, oh my gosh, I'll take the getting up in front of people and talking rather than. 
I know. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of, and I remember when I first started, when I was in elementary school, and it is scary, but what a valuable thing to be able to teach uh, and model for your students that this is fun. It's interesting. It's a way to share your ideas. And you did a great job with that. Right. And it's like it's like an actor prepares. You're going to feel more confident if you feel prepared. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Like all things. I exactly talked with the man who was uh, who was very successful. He had Agnes Angus, <laughs> not Agnes Angus cattle, and he had he'd won all sorts of prizes with him. And he said he always told people that working really, really hard does not mean that you're going to be in first place always. But what it does mean is you'll be a lot closer to first place than if you hadn't worked very much at all. Right. And I think learning to learning to speak and be comfortable in front of other people. Um, that that's that's a great tool, but it takes work. It takes experience, doesn't it? And and the plot, <laughs> figuring out what it is, so that you've got a basis for what you want to do and say, and then moving forward from that. Absolutely. In wrapping up, I really would love to hear what you're zooming in on right now. You mentioned that you're working with senior citizens. Um, what are you zooming in on right now with that? Um, and or are you doing any theater yourself? Are you doing any acting or directing? Zooming in. Well, yes, yes. I I wrote and performed lots of one woman plays because I'm very interested in, in history as well as theater. And so I I performed and and wrote and did the costumes for, for lots of, of woman one woman plays from um, musicians to political figures to scientists. Um, so I still I still am doing that. I still am doing that. And then I still am uh, teaching at the <laughs> at the college for seniors, yes, still teaching there. And as I said, I really enjoy doing that because I get a chance to talk and research a lot of things I never got the opportunity to do when I was teaching theater. So that's a lot of fun too. I just want to say you just inspired me. You were talking about the one woman show. And I thought to myself, uh-huh. couldn't a teacher take a piece of, and I I've done this in the past, but I I've kind of gone away from doing it. And couldn't you take a piece of history and pretend that you're a person and, you know, and just write a short monologue as that person and come in and that would be so cool. Right. Right. Like to, to kick off a unit or in the middle of a unit or at the end, you know, right. I, you, you just inspired me when you said one woman show, because you said you wrote it. And uh, I mean, a teacher certainly, especially during their summers, because, you know, we actually do some work during the summer. Um, you know, a teacher could just write like I'm teaching, um, you know, American Revolution. You can maybe even find diary entries. You don't have to write it yourself. Exactly. And you come and you come in and you you pretend you're that person like, you know, like you would a, a docent at a museum or, you know. And um, and perform exactly. I think it's yeah. so important for everybody, not just actors and and students and 
teachers, but so important for everybody to be able to try to understand how other people think. What, what, why do they think the way they do? Why do they express themselves the way they do? What's in their background that led them to this point? And how was that time different from ours? The same in some ways, but different too. And with that old adage about stepping in someone else's shoes, that, that is something that can come in, be wonderfully helpful all the way through your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I think to myself, and they'll remember that because it's, it's novelty. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think sometimes acting is novelty as yeah. well. You know, like bringing something new and they're going to remember it. Right. And it's spectacle in a way, isn't it? It's yeah. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Um, So do you, I think you said you don't, you're not really a social media type of gal. Um, What if, what if if someone (laughs) listens to this and wants to know about your courses that you teach or, or is just interested in talking to you about what you've done in the past or will do in the future? um, How could they reach you? Well, I'll give you my email address at the university. I still have an email address there. And so that email address is J for Jane, F as in Frank, C-O-X at I-A-S-T-A-T-E dot E-D-U. So it's the abbreviation for Iowa and then E-D-U. Okay, perfect. And I will put that on the episode page. That's great. I'd love to hear love to hear from people and and it's just been great being with you, Melissa. This was really this was really great. I feel like we're kindred spirits. Yes, I do too. I do too. All right, thank you so much. Well, you're sure welcome. Thank you. Thanks for reaching out, Melissa. For my blog, transcripts of this episode and links to any resources mentioned, visit my website at www.theteacheras.com. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Melissa B. Milner. And I hope you check out the Teacher As Facebook page for episode updates. Thanks for listening. And that's a wrap.